Welcome into an emergency edition of Locked On Knicks. OG Ananobi is a Nick in exchange for RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly, painful as that might be. I'm getting into it next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Knicks, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. Make sure you hit that notification bell on YouTube or auto-download function on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And OG Ananobi, as it turns out, is a New York Nick now. Uh, big, big Woj bomb. First huge one i think of this regular season so far and it involves your knicks it's probably the first huge trade that the knicks have made in the leon rose era they get og ananobi from the toronto raptors as well as precious achua and malachi flynn the knicks are sending out rj barrett and emmanuel quickly plus detroit's 2024 second rounder this year so with how things are going in detroit basically the 31st pick in the draft uh you can almost book that at this point uh, so like a like a late first round pick almost probably first pick or two of the second round. Uh, but so what's going on here? What's the so my first reaction when I saw this was, oh, this is it's a little tough. I mean, the RJ aspect. I mean, Gavin and I were literally just talking about in our last show. Would you potentially trade RJ for like a high quality center option? And so from that perspective, this is good uh, in the sense that. Like you managed to get OG Ananobi, who is maybe a guy who's got a star turn in him, uh, you know, who's been sort of weirdly underutilized a little bit in Toronto. If you ask him, especially, it seems like he's been pretty uh, well on the books about feeling like he's not being, you know, utilized well enough there and that he could fill a bigger role. And that's led speculation that he's probably was going to leave Toronto at the end of this year which now, of course, the Knicks put themselves in the driver's seat for keeping his services going forward, which Woj made sure to note in his one tweet. Uh, but, you know, it, so moving RJ for a player of OG's caliber is great. Moving Emmanuel quickly is a little painful. Uh, that it, Gavin and I were literally in our last show, too, just talking about you need to find as many minutes as humanly possible for this guy. He is too good to be playing as little as he has been. Uh, and yet then the Knicks say, well... <laughs> counterpoint we'll just trade him and then we don't have to worry about playing him as much anymore um so that's a huge bummer uh from a knicks fan perspective i think if anything comes back to bite the knicks in this deal it's going to be including emmanuel quickly in it uh because i think given a starter's workload and now facing the knicks four times a year uh he's gonna he's he's gonna make the knicks regret this on more than one occasion i think and uh, we'll see how it ends up working out as far as the Knicks' overall results going forward. Uh, but as far as OG Ananobi, I do think they're getting a great player. Uh, you know, I, I've been talking. I I brought this up during the during the post game pod of the Toronto game. Uh, the, I think the first game when the Knicks played them this year, where I was like, I see the vision. I I can see this now. I I really do think that he could be a great fit for this team. He's so versatile. You know, he's like six foot eight, but he's super long. He has a super long wingspan, which is helpful uh, when it comes to guarding multiple positions. He's a great, great defender, and he's a great three-point shooter. He's a 38% three-point shooter 
on volume, and he's been that way for like his whole career. He's been like clockwork, always averaging around like 36 to 40 percent from three. And so you know exactly what you're getting. And the Knicks need that consistent three-point shooting. That's been part of, I mean, with RJ, that's a huge thing. That's they haven't been able to rely on consistent shooting from him. And that's made it so that they can't really play him in lineups with Josh Hart, who's a super impactful player, but also is inconsistent shooting three in his own right. So that's made things a little difficult as far as uh, you know, being able to play RJ and him together, which then makes lineup machinations that much harder to figure out. So OG, if you want to play him with Josh Hart, you know, if you want to play him with pretty much anyone else on this team, you're in good shape because he's not going to harm the spacing ever. The Raptors are also 8.6 points better per 100 possessions with him on the court versus off this year. So that's awesome. I mean, that's like Emmanuel Quickly-esque impact. Uh, Quickly, I think, was hovering around eight points as well. But then obviously with Ananobi, you don't have the limitations that you do with Quickly on defense where Quickly it's like, yeah, he's really good and he's generating events and stuff like that, but he can pretty much only guard the one and two uh, respectively. And then it starts getting tough as far as, you know, size goes. Ananobi can guard anyone on the court. I mean, that that's the really nice thing about him. He's because of having that super long wingspan. I think his wingspan is like seven foot two or three or something, even though he's like six foot eight. He's got like one of the longer wingspans for his size class of player like ever in the NBA. Um, so, you know, he's, he's going to be able to pretty much switch onto whoever you need. He can guard whoever you need. He can have that like Quentin Grimes on Jimmy Butler esque impact of like last playoffs, except for you could also throw him on like Giannis Antetokounmpo potentially, you know, and, and let him hold his own there or pretty much anyone that you see on the other team that you're like, this guy needs to be stopped unless it's maybe like Joel Embiid, who's just that size class higher as far as being able to push him around. But most players, and especially star wings and star guards, you can use OG Ananobi on them, and that's awesome. Uh, I do think this has been one of my criticisms, and this dates back, I mean, because we've been talking about OG Ananobi on this show for like two, three years, because the Knicks have been linked to him for a long time. But one thing that's always sort of gotten me a little bit with him is his his want to take mid-range shots, and he loves that area and granted he's pretty good at it like he shoots like 60 percent from long mid-range which is solid i i think his attempts are like he only has like 30 or so attempts this year so far which actually is good like he's scaled back how much he's shooting from the mid-range a little bit this year uh but he's still in the higher percentiles for wings as far as how often he looks to go to that shot but he is he's only 47th percentile in three-point frequency among wings so I would hope with the Knicks, he's willing to get that three-point frequency up and maybe shoot some more threes above the break. Like, uh, you know, he's, as of right now, that's where he shoots the fewest amount of threes. He shoots a decent amount of corner threes, which I hope the Knicks rely on him for that a lot because they need good corner three production. But I hope that he's willing to just kind of hang out on the perimeter a little more, maybe work a sidestep into his game. Like, if you can run into a mid-range shot, you can... I think pretty easily hit a sidestep three-pointer too. I think that's in your bag then. Uh, so hopefully that he he figures that out. But I also think he's really good at finishing around the rim and he's good at finishing through contact. So he's 85th percentile and one percentage per cleaning the glass. So that means that he's, you know, the percentage of times that he finishes through a foul and gets an and one, I think it's like 37 and a half percent, which is really, really good around the rim. Uh, although I think my only thing is he doesn't, draw fouls quite as much as you'd want like he's in the lower percentiles as far as just foul drawing but he's good at finishing through contact and he shoots like over 70 percent at the rim which 
is going to be a huge step up from RJ Barrett. Like that's been one of the frustratingly inconsistent things with RJ is that he's better at drawing the contact and better at getting those foul attempts, but he's not as good at finishing through contact and he's not as good at just finishing period around the rim. So having OG that's able to do all that, he also, I think has more of a knack for like backdoor cuts and, you know, getting in and, and just finishing with a strong dunk around the rim. He plays a little more above the rim uh, when he gets there than like an RJ Barrett. So I think that's going to be huge for him. I guess my my only thing with Toronto wanting to move off of him and him wanting to get out of Toronto, which I imagine that the reason they finally made this move is because they know that he wasn't going to resign in the offseason. Uh, I guess a little bit of my worry is that he wanted a bigger role there. So is he going to find that with the Knicks? I mean, he's in Toronto gotten about 18 to 20 percent usage uh, for his whole career. And I could see, I guess, where that would be a little frustrating if he feels like he has more to offer in terms of being more of a star level talent. RJ, though, was getting 27 percent usage this year. So maybe this is actually a, a very seamless fit where OG's just going to be able to go right in there and things are going to work right away. Uh, I guess we'll see as far as that goes. But if they basically just slot him into RJ's usage and he can continue to be efficient, then things will be looking way up for the Knicks because that's been something that they've been missing this year in RJ's minutes. Uh, the question, of course, though, is, is he going to be able to scale up his production from you know an 18 to 20 usage player to a 27 usage player and still shoot the same percentages and you know not rely too much on getting into the mid-range and stuff like that? If he's given more leverage to kind of, you know, freelance a little bit, I guess time will tell. But he's going to be a much more versatile player than R.J. Barrett. And I think, quite frankly, just going to be a better player than R.J. on this team. Uh, and and sort of gets the Knicks out from under a an interesting scenario where they were, you know, Gavin and I just talked about this on the show the other day. Like, what has R.J. done to earn the minutes and the leeway and everything that he gets other than being the number three pick? It's like not a ton. He's... <laughs> He has not shown consistent improvement in his game over the last number of years, and he sort of was just floating on that that reputation of being the number three pick. Uh, so now the Knicks kind of get to get themselves out from under that uh, by picking up OG Ananobi. So I guess we'll see how it all goes in the end there. But I want to talk a little bit about Precious Achua and uh, at least address Malachi Flynn and then just talk about what the rotations might look like and then just kind of go through like the light side and the dark side of this trade uh, for the Knicks. But First, I just want to let you all know about our friends at FanDuel and PrizePix. PrizePix is my absolute favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. So instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And with the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball in the specials league, which is really cool. So it's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made and receptions. So that's really cool. But on top of that, you can also just make multi-sport entries at any time. So, you know, even if you don't pick those special combined over-unders, you can say, I think... OG Ananobi is going to get over 16 and a half points in this game. And I also think that Brees Hall is going to get over 80 and a half rushing yards. And you could put that all in a single entry, put those all against each other and potentially win 25 times your money. 
PrizePix also offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy, which I can tell you is huge because there's nothing worse in any form of fantasy than having to deal with an injury and having it completely derail your week, especially if there's money on the line. So I love prize picks. I've been I've been using it for a while. I I think that the the overall experience of doing this and not having to go against a bunch of pros is awesome. That's the biggest selling point that I can give it. Not having to compete against people with spreadsheets that are juicing the entries of any given contest and making it so you basically have no chance of winning. Like other platforms made me feel like I was flushing money down the toilet. Prize picks always makes me feel like I have a chance. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. And use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. And today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers are staying hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. One of my favorites is same game parlays. It's a really fun way to turn like $2 into your favorite team's game being more entertaining uh, because you could just bet a, a nominal sum of money and then stack a bunch of different odds against one another. So let's say you're in a Knicks game and you want to say, let's use OG Ananobi again. You want to say, I think OG Ananobi is going to make over two and a half threes. I also think Jalen Brunson is going to have over 25 and a half points. And I think Julius Randle is going to have over 10 and a half rebounds in this game. And I think the Knicks are going to win outright. And uh, whatever other things you can come up with, Isaiah Hardenstein over one block, one and a half blocks, whatever. You stack all those against each other. And if those all come true, then instead of in one of those individual things making your $2 bet into like a winning of $1.20 or something, you instead make exponentially more and potentially turn that $2 bet into like 100 bucks or potentially more. I think I saw the other day someone had a, a $5 bet hit for like 200 grand on a, a huge parlay that they put together. So definitely worth looking at. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on. And you can work through the NFL, the tail end of the NFL season and the meat of the NBA season. Fan, FanDuel, they are the official partner of the NFL. All right, and I'm back in to keep talking through this, this OG Ananobi trade to the Knicks. Again, uh, just to remind everybody, uh, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and Detroit's 2024 second rounder go to the Raptors. And OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, and Malachi Flynn come back to the Knicks. I want to briefly talk about Precious and Malachi. So Precious Achua this year, 7.7 .7 points, 5.4 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 1.1 stocks in 17.5 minutes per game off the bench this year. So it's actually really good. Uh, if you if you move that out to per 36, it, you basically double all those numbers. So he's averaging like 15 and 11 and 4 assists per 36 and 2.2 stocks, which is pretty crazy. That's That's really good numbers. If you were starting, obviously, there's probably a reason he's not starting uh, for the Raptors. So, you know, take those with a grain of salt, but very productive in limited minutes so far this year. The one number that I was looking at and Gavin and I, when we get on for a full show, we'll probably dive a little deeper on both these guys as well as OG. But 
uh, 17% rebound percentage and a 12.2% offensive rebound rebounding percentage should really appeal to Tibbs with this guy. Uh, you know, those are, those are high numbers. Those are up around like Hartenstein numbers almost with how much he impacts the, the glass, which we know is a huge deal to the Knicks. That's probably why they went ahead and, and requested to get precious Achua back in this deal. Cause I, I think they're looking at this sort of like killing two birds with one stone. Hopefully Tibbs sees it that way too, but you needed more production out of that RJ spot in the starting lineup and you needed a better backup big. We were just talking about it the other day. Precious Achua didn't even come up because I, I honestly thought that there was a snowball's chance that the Knicks were ever going to deal with the Raptors with this pending lawsuit and everything else. But he's very productive and a very good rebounder for his size. The only thing is he is a little smaller. So he's six foot eight. Uh, granted, Taj Gibson is like six foot nine and does the dirty work and gets rebounds and stuff. And Tibbs has no problem playing him at center. So hopefully that shines through and Tibbs is okay with playing Precious at center. But I think there is kind of a world where this guy is like uh, the hybrid that you've been looking for. They can potentially play the the four and the five. So it could be out there with Julius Randle or with Isaiah Hartenstein and not harm you either way. Although the the shooting is not great. He's He does shoot some attempts from three, but he only makes like 27% for his career. So it's not great there. Uh, but at least nominally looks like he can shoot the three. Uh, so maybe that's something. Malachi Flynn, though. I mean, this feels like a throw-in. Uh, maybe the Knicks are just looking for someone to sop up minutes if need be at backup point guard, but he's been pretty unimpressive so far in his career, which is disappointing because I know Gavin and I were both like really envious of Toronto for getting this guy uh, back in back when they got him uh, in the 2020 draft, the same draft as Emmanuel quickly. Um, I, I feel like this would make me want to give Deuce more of a shot at the backup point guard minutes and bring Rokas Jokobitis over ASAP because – it's been not terribly impressive with Malachi Flynn. 5.1 points, 2.1 rebounds, 2.4 assists. Uh, he shot 37.9% from the field, which is terrible. 33.8% from three and 75.6% from the free throw line so far in his career. And those numbers are only marginally better this year. I think he's shooting 40% from the field and 35% from three this year. He does have a 20% assist percentage this year, which is pretty good, I guess. So maybe that's something worth... Uh, playing him a little bit for, but I, I get the feeling that he's probably going to ride the pine. I, I hope that the Knicks give Deuce a chance at minutes first before they say, let's get Malachi Flynn in there. Uh, there's going to be a big hole to fill though with Emmanuel quickly gone. Like you don't really have a true backup ball handler. Now uh, I guess you're going to put that on Grimes and Hart in the second unit and maybe try to, I, I guess try to keep Dante out there more with the bench guys. I, I don't know how exactly that's all going to work, but someone's going to need to step in and and play some of those backup point guard minutes. And I don't know if maybe the Knicks have someone else in mind that they want to sign, like a breaking case of emergency option, but I think they're also going to have to clear a roster spot now. Uh, so I don't know. It's probably just going to be one of the one of the guys that's like on a glorified two-way deal at the end of the bench, I think. Charlie Brown Jr. is maybe on one of those. I don't know if he's the two-way guy. I forget exactly who's which spot at this particular moment at the end of the bench. But, yeah, I mean, they they might need to look for some help at the backup point guard sooner than later because if it doesn't work out with Deuce, I don't have faith that it's going to work out with Malachi Flynn. Um, but, anyway, let's, uh, let's real quick, I want to just talk about what the lineup and rotation will probably look like. So, I think OG is going to slot neatly into RJ's starting spot. So, I think you can count on... Uh, Brunson, Dante DiVincenzo, OG Ananobi, Julius Randle, Isaiah Hartenstein as your new starting lineup. 
I think you can very, very cleanly expect OG to start playing 35 minutes per game uh, and filling that RJ spot and hopefully not feeling like it's like the other day when, you know, RJ got put in for quickly and it felt like sort of a, uh, like, oh man, like, why are you taking out the better player for the guy who's not playing as well? Uh, hopefully we won't have to deal with that too much anymore. I think that OG will earn all those minutes and because of the defense and because of the impacts he makes, other than scoring the ball, even if he's having an off scoring day, I think things things should be good with him in that starting lineup playing 35 minutes a game. Uh, Precious Achua is good in the sense he should finally be the type that can either play, play the backup five with Randall or the backup four with iHeart, like I said, but uh, hopefully Tibbs is able to get over his height and everything and, and is willing to just look at the contributions he brings and see him as a five. That's very important. Like Tibbs has these very specific role ideas of what he thinks guys are. And if, you know, if you don't fully hit that, then he, he just isn't willing to play you in that position. We saw it for a while with Emmanuel quickly where he didn't think quickly it was a point guard and then finally was forced to do it. Um, we've seen it with Obi Toppin where he's like, he can't possibly play five, so I'm not going to play him at the five, but hopefully he sees the skills that, that Achua brings and that rebounding percentage and everything and is willing to put him there. Um, and then yeah, Malachi Flynn, I don't think is going to be playing too much. So honestly, rotation wise, I don't know that this changes a ton other than like, other than those quickly minutes that you're going to have to really figure out. So I think I, I hope it's Deuce McBride. I hope the Knicks look for another option if Deuce isn't working. And then I hope that they really make a hard push. I mean, maybe you can make a push right this second to get Rokas Jokobitis over. I know the stumbling block has always been like, you know, that there's not going to be any playing time for him with Emmanuel quickly and Brunson already in front of him. The kid's really killing it in Europe. And I I want to say that the Euro League schedule hasn't even started yet. So maybe you could just get him in here, let him learn on the fly and figure it out and be like, hey, we got a role for you now. Like now there's a legit huge backup point guard spot open behind Jalen Brunson like would you like to come over I I guess we'll see but that's that's going to be the big question mark I think you can safely say that Precious Achua is going to fill in some of those minutes that Josh Hart occupies at the backup four and hopefully all the minutes that Taj Gibson has been occupying as the backup five lately uh and then obviously OGN nobody's going to cleanly take RJ's spot so that means how are you going to fill those Emmanuel quickly minutes it's probably going to be some some dose of smaller amount of deuce than there was with quickly. And then more Dante DiVincenzo, more Quentin Grimes, maybe allowing Grimes to initiate a little more, having Josh Hart initiate some plays off the bench. But they do need a like bona fide playmaker for the time that Jalen Brunson is not on the floor. And, and that's going to be something that they're going to have to figure out. Um, as far as I want to just also real quick, just go through like the bright side and the dark side of this trade. Bright side, I think you just acquired a legitimate two-way player that can guard pretty much anyone on the floor if you need it. I think Precious low-key could be a great part of this deal if Tibbs is willing to use him as a five and could potentially give you great backup big impact. The other really good thing, and this is the, the biggest silver lining with this, you left all the draft capital untouched, pretty much. You know, you gave up one of your three second-round picks this year. They also have Dallas's pick, which is protected in this year's draft. Uh, they have their own pick in this year's draft. And then they have the two protected picks from Washington and Detroit that given where things are with Washington and Detroit so far this year, are not going to convey this year. So those are going to be future assets. But they have they still have a lot of assets for this draft. They still have a lot of draft assets going forward. Uh, so you're leaving the, the powder pretty dry. The only problem is, is that you kind of just traded your two biggest young player chips in this deal, uh, with RJ being the one with the most like traditional star upside and quickly being the most impactful young player that you've had on this team in years. 
you still have Quentin Grimes left there. You still have, I mean, I guess Mitchell Robinson, if the move is to eventually make a move for like a center, like a Joel Embiid or something, you still have a, a Mitchell Robinson there, but you still have a large amount of draft picks left. So I'm wondering if this paves the way for a Donovan Mitchell trade as soon as this trade deadline. Like there's been some talk about like, oh, well, people like under their breath will be like, well, I think Donovan Mitchell is the one guy nobody's talking about that's going to be available sooner than you think. And then other reports you'll read will be like, the Cavs aren't even considering it. There's no chance that they're going to move Mitchell this year. They want to, they still believe in their core. They want to see what they can do. But I mean, it seemed pretty deliberate to me to leave all the picks completely untouched in this deal and get out of it pretty much just for, just for a player swap, which is less than anybody thought that Ananobi was going to go for quite frankly, like the Raptors were putting it out there that they wanted like three first round picks for this guy. And the Knicks were able to get out of it for just, a second round pick in addition to the two players they gave up. So I, I will see how things go, but I, I would not be surprised if they make a play for someone, if not Donovan Mitchell, someone Mitchell's caliber as soon as this trade deadline, because this feels the team feels slightly incomplete now with that quickly spot opened up and no backup plan for it. And I, I wonder if they're going to make some sort of other big deal for like a Donovan Mitchell type player. And then the dark side of this deal, obviously you just trade your most impactful player on a, on, by basically every advanced metric, Emmanuel quickly was the Knicks' most impactful player this year. It's probably going to haunt you a bit having to face him four times a year as a Raptor. Uh, and then the other part, it it does kind of suck to give up on RJ in this way. But I mean, Gavin and I were literally just talking about the other day that he's barely made any progress in four and a third years. And, you know, it hasn't been able to find consistency and everything else. And there's so many frustrating things about his game. And yet, still, it's still sad to move off your you've had two top four picks since Patrick Ewing and you've now moved off of both of them in rather undramatic fat. Well, okay. I won't say undramatic, but I mean, in lackluster fashion, it's not like you were moving them for like Giannis or like LeBron or something. You know, these guys were not like they didn't play so well that you were able to trade them for mega stars or something like that. It, or, you know, it would have just been nice to draft a guy with either Porzingis or Barrett that turned into a guy that ended as, you know, one of the best Knicks of all time and had a Ewing type run. But we know how, you know, it's it's so rare that that happens in today's NBA anymore where a guy sticks with a team for his whole career anyway. So I mean, that was all just a pipe dream, but a little sad for that. But anyway, I think that's it for now for this for this emergency edition. Uh, I talked longer than I thought I was going to, but there's a lot to talk about, which is why next time you hear from me, it'll be with Gavin uh, and we'll be back to our our normal arrangement. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how things go with this uh, with this deal and with the Knicks going forward. But we'll have you covered with that. Some game recaps from this weekend's action. And then, of course, next week, once the Knicks start playing with OG Ananobi, probably as soon as New Year's Day. So we'll see how that all goes. But until then, thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace out, everybody.